news. Your news. Your Limerick Today. With Gillian Devlin. In for Joan Ash on Live 95. We've lots to chat about on the TV panel this week and I'm delighted to be joined by our own Trevor Anderson. Uh, Eleanor McSherry is with us as well this week and Maura Nolan is here on her very last day at Live 95. Aww. You're all, we're all together now? Aww. Aww. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to go out with a bang now and you're going to help us on the TV panel. Before we get into the show stuff and talking about what's on the small screen I want to ask you about this story that we referred to, it's on the, the buzz on the Live 95 website about this couple in the States right, they're having a wedding and on the invitation they asked everybody to do, um, please send them $50 towards the cost of their meal <laughs> um, Look do you know what? It's not the first time I've heard of this happening. I, I know of a wedding and they will remain nameless. And it wasn't actually the wedding, but they were having an after party kind of uh, the next day. And uh, it was, I, I don't want to give any too many details or give away who it was, but they did ask all their guests to contribute what seemed to be, you know, they're going to make a profit out of this, you know, because mm-hmm. it was kind of a finger foody type of, of event. And kind of family felt like they couldn't say no because, you know, it was pressure put on them. But is it a sensible way? It's maybe, you know, gives people the option of not giving a present but contributing to the thing. Is it? A, is there any sense to it at all, Eleanor? Well, my son has got engaged on Valentine's Day this oh, year. So, and, um, you know, we're helping them out financially because obviously no housing and yeah, everything. Yeah. She's American. She's coming over here. And like, it's just, I I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare. I think it's like, I would rather pay for his wedding than have my family put their hand into their pocket. And some of them really, really could put their hand into their pocket. But then like, then do you get the person a gift then? If you've already paid out. I mean, exp- going to a wedding is expensive enough to know what the rig out. Mm. Oh, yeah. Staying over, Keepers. babysitters, gift. Do you know what I mean? Then do you not get them a gift then? I mean, if they said, okay, look, we don't want to gift, just pay for the meal, then, okay, fair enough. But I mean, if they're expecting a gift and me to pay for my own meal, no. Yeah, actually, we had another text here. I think I missed it. I think it was an Emily who got in t- touch on WhatsApp. She said she was invited to a 40th birthday. Uh, it was a sit-down meal for everyone, but everybody had to pay for the meal. She wasn't impressed at all. Imagine inviting people to a meal, but you have to pay for it yourself. What do you think of that, Trev? Uh, for the for the 40th? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... I think I was at your 40th. You were. I was just going to say that. No, I, 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 I didn't make you pay for it. Uh, no, you did, I didn't, didn't we, pay we a penny. We just had a few drinks oh, and that was it. And it was a, indeed a memorable night. Yes, yeah. yeah and and I, I didn't ask you to put your hand in your no, pocket. No, no. Like, uh, but you, is, you, it, is it reasonable? Should If you're inviting everybody out to celebrate your 40th or your 50th or your engagement or whatever... Should you maybe I get the feeling Emily didn't get a warning? Listen, you're paying for your own yeah. meal here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very fine line, isn't it? You don't want to insult people, and I think people, you know, yeah. Uh, for for weddings, it's it seems to be cash is king. That's what they're saying now in terms of a present. In terms of the gifts, yeah, that's, that's, cash is yeah. yeah. And it's the cash should uh, be in the region of how much it costs for your own meal. Should it, should it, that's what people say, at least least cover the costs of of the meal. So in some ways, maybe they're just making sure that that's what people do um, and they, and that they get that. Because a lot of people do on invitations, it's not unheard of for people to 
um, kind of say they'd rather a cash gift than, yeah. you know, something from yeah. uh, a home department store because most people have everything they need yeah, by the like, time they get married. And people, you can get multiple of things as well, you know. Some, you ten could, toasters. You could end up getting ten toasters <laughs> or like seven sets of cutlery. I, I, I'd prefer cash personally because um, mm. it's, just, it's just, you're not looking for stuff. You're just like, oh, I'll just give them this set amount of money rather than having to go out and, oh, will they like this or will they like that? Yeah, it's it's a, Another one, though, because I know people who say, you know, who've been married 25, 30 years and they have a particular thing in their house that is a memory of some loved one who gave them, gave it to them uh, on their wedding day. And some people like to have those things that are memories. Yeah. Well, I we, we paid for our honeymoon from cash gifts because we were, we didn't have an awful lot of money when we first got married. We're married 25 years now and... That's paid for our honeymoon. So it was mostly cash, even 25 it was mostly years cash. ago. Yeah, 25 years ago. Yeah. Did you get any and, toasters? Well, no, well, no, what we got, there was a sale on Galway Crystal in right. Brown Thomas. Mm. So we got loads and loads of wine glasses. Mm. So we're still going through. You haven't broken them all yet? No. No. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah. look, we're moving on and we're going to talk about what's on the small screen. And Trevor, we're going to start with you. And you've been watching Waco on Netflix. What about these people here? They think I'm the son of God. They believed that the end of the world is coming soon and that they were going to be in a battle with the federal government. They were amassing enough armaments to outfit a small army. The ultimate goal was to arrest David Koresh and to seize all the illegal weapons. This is a big damn story. A very ugly situation. Almost a warlike zone going on there. David made such statements as, we are ready for war. So, Trevor, for people who know nothing about Waco... Give us a lowdown. Okay, um, it's 30 years ago this year and uh, wow. there, was, there was a drama series a few years ago. I don't know, was it on Netflix? I watched it, anyway, but um, this is the documentary about it. So they have a lot of people, the journalists who covered it, um, obviously people, Branch Davidians who survived, who either left during the the siege, the 51-day the siege, and then the um, negotiators as well. So a lot of people's uh, opinions are covered on it. So basically, there was this compound in in Waco. Um, the Branch Davidians were uh, some people would call them a cult. Some people would call them a branch of a certain religion, and uh, they were extremely well armed. Um, and um, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms um, went to do a raid on it. But the only problem was they were tipped off because um, a, a news reporter found out this was going to happen, this raid. He got lost. He asked for directions. He asked the mailman. The mailman said, oh, I know where that is. And the mailman knew where it was because he was a Branch Davidian. So when they came to start the original raid, they were tipped off. So the raid happened. Shots were fired. Four ATF officers were killed. And then the standoff happened. Um so over the course of 51 days, they negotiated to try and release. There was a lot of children in there. And, you know, David Koresh had multiple wives and multiple children and multiple followers in this building. And so the FBI were kind of split on it in terms of the assault team wanted to go in and assault. And then the negotiators were wanted, wanted to do their job mm-hmm. and bring the people out, you know, six or seven or whatever at a time. But uh, after whatever, seven weeks, it seems... 
the assault teams got lost patience and decided to go in and they wanted to go in with tear gas to bring them out, to force them yeah. out because they had no signs of actually coming out en masse, which is what they wanted. If I recall, I mean, there was obviously a lot of controversy about how it was handled mm. and mistakes that were made. <clears throat> if you watch this documentary... Does it become obvious what should have been done? Uh, yeah, it, it does. Um, it just, there is a, a difference of opinion to this day about how the the FBI themselves handled it. And yeah. even the negotiators wanted to say, this is working. The other team, maybe there was a, a bit of revenge because four had been killed of their own. And mm. the place was surrounded. It was actually televised as well. The initial raid was yeah, televised. We were kind yeah, kind of watching it live. And it was one of the first things the, the suspense yeah. and mm-hmm. everything. It was like, yeah, probably one of the first news stories in that 24-hour news cycle yes. uh, yeah. thing, yeah. Um, so, obviously, we all know what happened in the end. They went in with the tear gas and they were expecting that would force everybody out. But then fires broke out. And then the controversy is, did they start the fires themselves or were the fires caused by these tanks going in with tear gas and everything? So, so you remember it, Trevor. I can see, Eleanor, you remember it because you're, yeah, you're yeah. nodding along. I remember yeah. it. Maura wasn't even born. No. That <laughs> <laughs> was well before my time. Yeah, but I, I'm just curious, listening to Trevor talk about it and the story that's in it, would, would that kind of make you interested enough to maybe watch the documentary? I probably will, to be honest, because I've, I've heard about Waco. I've, mm. I'm never, I've never really 100% sure the whole story of it. Yeah. I feel like if I pr- the documentary, from it sounds like, would probably get a good grasp of what actually, well, not what actually happened, but an idea of what happened anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, just just curious about that. It does sound a little bit like one of those stories we say it all the time, only in America, huh? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Very, 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 very strange. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So that's on Netflix and highly recommended. Yeah, yeah I would. I okay. Would watch it, yeah. We will move on now and we are going to talk about the second series of Yellow Jackets. The question is, what really happened out there? Like Rescued us. I lost my purpose. I can't imagine what you guys went through out there. Don't eat that kind. It's poisonous. Like kill you poisonous or like trip poisonous. What does the person who sent these postcards want? Obviously a threat. Maybe somebody talked. Someone's digging. We are off. So, Eleanor, I confess I watched the first episode of season one. And even though I love Melanie Linsky, um, I didn't stick with it. Did I make a mistake? Uh, yeah, really. Um, it's... My, I had seen the trailers and I thought, okay, this is kind of a bit jump scary. I don't think I'll be into this, but I'm just compelled. I got completely sucked in by it. It's like a mishmash of a couple of different types of series. Like it's, it's like American horror story, but it has a bit of supernatural and Buffy the Van. It's just, there's a lot in it and it has these, you're following a storyline, but it does flashbacks. Flashbacks, yeah. I and think that's kind of possibly yeah, what put, put yeah, me off. Yeah, it can put you off, but it's 
it throws you a bit. I think the first episode, if you move beyond the first episode, it actually does get better. I think the first episode kind of threw me as well. But I was determined because my sister was watching it and she kept telling me about it. I said, okay, I'll watch it. But I'm a, I love Juliette Lewis in it. Yeah, and she's great. Christina too. Ricci is an absolute star in this. She is just borderline psychopathic in it. But she's kind of, I've been really sweet. She's a care worker in it, like, and she's completely mad. It's brilliant. It's a real women's show, isn't it? Like, it really, it really, really is. And it's, you know, it's got everything in there. It's got that teenage angst, but it also has being an adult, what it means to be an adult. I think, yeah, having so many women as leads in it is really good as well and it's very, very unusual in, especially in, in the, the sci-fi type thing. But yeah, it's, yeah, no, I think, I think it's worth sticking with. I mean, I binged it on Saturday and Sunday. That's how good. Oh, wow. Yeah. You binged how, how many episodes? Um, uh, 13. Wow. Oh, Ooh. gosh. You had a, an interesting Easter bank holiday. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Because and I couldn't you, sleep as well because it was, like, it was just freaky. You, you, because you mentioned that, I'm going to cheat this week and stick in uh, an extra show. We're going to do four shows because I want to talk about this and I will warn anybody who's still waiting to see um, Connor's Wedding, the episode four of the Succession, um, this season's Succession. I won't give any spoilers on it, um, but if you've managed to avoid the spoilers so far, well done. Uh, just going to play a clip because I want to talk about binging versus live, live TV. Yeah. Willa, it's like you're a princess in a film. It's a sham marriage and the death of romance. It's going to be great. Congratulations. Thank you. How's the groom? He's nervous about his dad. You think he's going to pop lunch? Spoke with Carrie. He's hoping. You better press. He's fixated on the cake. Are you just with me for money, Willa? Today is the day. Strategic refocus. Clean out the stalls. A bit more aggressive. You push Sid. Roman, nice, Jerry, all in a day's work. He just lost his confidence. I danced us through a thunderstorm without us getting wet. You can't keep expecting me to bend over for you. You are with me. So, episode, I think it was, maybe it was episode three of, it's season four anyway. It's called Connor's Wedding of Succession and Twitter exploded over the Easter Bank holiday weekend. It is now the highest rating TV episode of all time. But Eleanor, as somebody who watches a lot of shows and you just mentioned binging, what mm. a lot of people were saying was this proves, because there's, there's a big twist in this episode. Yeah. Nobody was expecting it. How they hid it from people, I've no idea. Um, but it shows the value of dropping one episode a week as opposed to the binge model. What are your thoughts on that? Well, what I like... Uh, about a series is if I miss if I miss a good series like I miss the first whole season of Friends for example but I couldn't have gone back and watched the first whole season of Friends because you couldn't at that time so now I like the fact that if, if there's a good series my sister and myself will sit down and have coffee she go oh you should watch that so I can go back and watch yeah. the first season of it I watched like Chicago PD I watched the first seven seasons of it uh, I was bored at the time but I did but I, I, I like both of them because I watch most I, I work most evenings you know what I mean so I get to watch but my stuff at the weekend but do you follow live? Oh yeah, I follow like I'm as I said, I watch all the Chicago PD, mm. all of those, uh, Blue Bloods, um, I watch a lot of the detective series. So I watch everything. Um, but I do like every now and again you see I watch all my programming at the weekend because I work most evenings. 
And Maury, you've grown up in an age where, you know, most stuff is almost watched on on a demand basis. Yeah. Um, can you cope with the model of dropping an episode a week? I mean, Game of Thrones fans had to, to, to deal with it for, for years and now Succession's another one that's doing that. Um, how do you feel about the once a week? I much prefer once a week, to be honest. Mm. Um, I find a lot of the time, um, especially in the, with, um, with my working hours, um, shows drop at eight o'clock. The, the binge, mm. lots of the Netflix shows drop at eight o'clock. And there's been a few times where my friends will be at home over the summer. They'll have a day off when I don't. And they'll have like five or six episodes watched. And I'm just coming home to start the first one. Mm. And I'm just trying to avoid them like the plague because they have all yeah. the spoilers. Mm. Um, plus, even online, I know there was um, a TV show last year and I just hadn't got around to watching it. But they dropped 10 episodes at once. Mm. And it's not like you're spoiling one episode. You could be spoiling the whole the whole season. Um, but I find it's it's much more dramatic. I, like I've like The Last of Us, um, mm. Euphoria, Lost. Yeah. I, yeah. I even used to watch Lost live. Like yeah. it was it was fun to kind of see everyone's reactions together yeah. rather than exactly. Everyone on it creates a community of discussion when it's yeah. done yeah, once a week and everybody's on Twitter, doing it. Yeah, going on Twitter when the episode's on and kind yeah. of following it live. It's it's yeah. much more exciting than seeing oh this person's on episode one, this person's on episode seven. Do you know that kind of way? Do you binge, Trevor? Uh, no. No, if I, if I get to watch two episodes together, I'm doing very well, I think. Yeah. And then it's like... B- busy 11, man. 11, half 11, it's way past my bedtime, Julian. Sorry, yeah. that sounds very dull, but there you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, right, we're going to do our final show of the week and it is Finding Michael on Disney+. Plus. I've heard a lot of people talking about this one. Michael was my big brother. Michael Matthews from Fulham became the youngest Briton to conquer Mount Everest. He was left alone on the mountain. It's an awful way to die. Twenty odd years later, we're sent this photograph of a body. It looks like it could be Michael. It might be. My heart says we should go and find it. And if we can, bring him home. Stay safe. If you get hold of Mike, I hear his voice screaming that one loud. I need the best people possible. And we have one of the greatest, Nims Persia. We have to look all over the mountain. Can I help you find him? This is one of the highest search and recovery missions in history. On average, seven people every year, those attempting Everest will lose their lives. Vince, you copied that? Vince Dye, can you hear me over? No mountain's worth dying for. Second time over. So, Maura, you've been watching Finding Michael, lots of people. This is Spencer, Vogue's this is, husband. Yes, Spencer is what I call him. Yeah, um, he's on the, he does a vodcast, a vodcast, a podcast with Vogue. It's probably a vodcast. A vodcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It as well. That's a good name for it. A vodcast. Um, yeah, so Spencer Matthews, um, he had an older brother uh, named Mike Matthews. And in 1999, uh, Mike became the youngest Brit to climb Mount Everest, to climb mm. to the summit of Mount Everest. Um, but unfortunately, he never made it down. Um, no one exactly knows what happened. Um, his guide was, he was following his guide down the mountain and his guide turned around and he was just gone. Um, so I've heard two things about this programme. One is that it was a fairly pointless exercise going out there. I mean, imagine yeah. trying to find a body in, a, in that amount of snow. Yeah. And then other people saying it's completely compelling viewing. It is because you're, you're and the thing about Mount Everest is climbing Mount Everest is that if, if you die up there, you don't. You're not. You're not recovered. You're not no. brought down. Mm. Um, and but Spencer, as, as you just heard in the trailer, there, they, someone sent him a picture saying, "We think this could be Michael." And it was just. It was so dangerous because you had people up 
8,000 metres, or is it kilometres or something? Mm. And um, they're walking around and like they could fall, they could die themselves. You, you never know. So it's, it's it's really quite compelling to see, you know, if, if to make sure everyone's going to be okay coming back down. Okay, I'll just see uh, uh, Sarah's outside the studio there. I think Sarah's, can she hear us? Uh, yeah, I think Sarah just has some something maybe to contribute to the discussion at the moment, uh, more as I mentioned earlier, it is your last day with us. You are leaving, ah. so Sarah, Sarah has come in with a cake to celebrate, oh uh, not to celebrate the fact that you know to celebrate your time here. I suppose, and uh, more, oh you're off gosh. on travels. I That's am. You. I'm heading off now for a couple of months to different places. <laughs> you're going to go see the world. Well, yeah. look, you've you've been a great worker here while you've been here. Uh, it's been great to have you. Um, I, I know Joe has certainly enjoyed the the uh, court banter (laughs) over the last year or so and um, we wish you the very best in your travels and we do hope we hear from you in the future and uh, enjoy your cake thanks thank you so much (laughs) big clap for Maura (laughs) alright that's our TV panel for the week your views your news your Limerick Today with Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95